it's Empty the Cues, and I'm not going to be really cutesy in this intro because we talk about fascism a lot in this episode, uh, as we are really want to do <laughs> on Empty the Cues. Um, I'm sorry, I just really like media that says big things, and then I like showing that media to other people. Um, yeah, so here is a big conversation about... Uh, Season 1, Episode 6 of Avatar, which is the episode, um, it's the first time we see Earthbenders, really. It's the one with Haru, where, you know, they go and they and they get imprisoned. I believe the episode is literally called Imprisoned, actually. Anyway, uh, here's the convo. Uh, it's about fascism, but it's all really good, and Kara's really smart. Okay, here you go. So, Season 1, Episode 6. We are meeting some Earthbenders. We are doing some interesting things. We are hanging out with George Takei. Uh, who is playing a bad man? <laughs> I when when I was watching this, I went. My note just literally said, "Is that fucking George Decay?" <laughs> and then, oh yeah, my man. god! Immediately under that, yeah, yeah, super George Decay. Uh, let's a distinct voice. Let's start off with a quick summary, if you yes. could. Run down what happens in this episode. Yes. Okay. So when we open, they're camping. Um, and there is... <laughs> is mozzarella causing problems? <laughs> yes, always. <laughs> He's never not. <laughs> he causes problems on purpose. Beautiful. He um, really does. <laughs> cats. Um <laughs> Cats and kids. All right. So uh, when we open their camping and uh, there is much ado about nuts, which I laughed at because I'm 12. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they hear a big boom and the gang goes to investigate. Although Sokka is like, why do you run toward the boom? Run away from the boom. Boom. Dangerous. And they're like, no, boom friend. So... Uh, they come across someone who is earthbending, which is very cool. And I think earthbending is my favorite bending. I'm just going to make that statement now. Maybe it's because I'm an earth sign, which I just learned. Um, I really dig earthbending. <laughs> what sign? What's your sign? I'm a Capricorn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, an, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> you're nodding because you know astrology. I only know that I'm an earth sign. Yeah. Um, it's fine don't worry about it I'm learning uh, <laughs> um, but so they the, uh, Katara and Aang are like hey new friend and new friend says nope and runs the fuck away and uh, they realize that oh well you know someone is here that means we must be close to a town so we should go and try and find the town so we don't have to eat nuts for dinner I laughed again because they said nuts and uh they they come across the 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 person they saw earth bending and there's much secrecy around the bending of earth and uh turns out the fucking element gestapo is in town and uh, yep. uh, uh this uh-huh. this episode was rough, Will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this I... one <laughs> This one's a stressful one. This as a Jew, this hit 
interestingly. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about that. Especially Ooh. after the fucking day I had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> especially after the Wendy's parking lot incident. <laughs> Yeah, so, yep. um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. But anyway, so this person's name is Haru. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I didn't have my volume up very yeah, high. Yeah, you got it. Haru. Yeah, it's Haru. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that the earthbenders are not allowed to practice that. And the, because the fire nations in town, the flamey squad is in charge and they're just sort of rounding up earthbenders and putting them in a fucking concentration camp, basically. And it's... <sighs> okay, so, anyway. um, uh, It's rough. It's rough. And we find out that Haru's father is one of the earthbenders that was taken away. And later, Hinkatara come across... Uh, there's a lot of mining in that town. And they come across a mine that is literally collapsing on a guy and they try to help him and Haru's like okay well Katara goes you can you can help him you can earthbend and he's like you're right and so they save this guy's life he saves this guy's life and how is he repaid oh of course it's by getting rounded up by the flame fascists and uh, I was furious. I kind of thought I knew he was going to get caught. Fascist. I'm so mad. I kind of thought yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. that he would get caught, but I thought it'd be because someone would see. I did not think old dude was going to rat him out and I'm pissed, but I'm also like, I hate that I wasn't super surprised by that. Because, you know, there's precedence. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, so Katara finds out that he was taken away and she's she's very upset. She's blaming herself. And I was like, baby, no, it's the Nazi sympathizer's fault. It's not your fault. And um, she decides that she's going to get herself arrested for earthbending and go and bust him out, which is so badass. Go, baby girl. But also, um, rules. I don't think you thought this through. Um, not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. I think you're 14 and you thought, let's do this. Um, <laughs> which, been there. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, Katara, Katara, Katara. There's got to be another way to do this. But, you know. Um, and it was it was uh, it was very funny to um to watch how that convoluted plan worked out because it was very funny. And then it's like, oh, now she's actually getting taken to a concentration camp. So it's less funny. Um, thankfully, it's not quite uh, as well. It's not great, obviously, but it's not uh, it, it. I I just kind of immediately, you know, you hear rounding up, you hear that it, it certain images come to mind. Um, so I would also suggest that that's very, very purposeful. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like... Yeah. It's... Yeah, and and all I can think is, like, even if I had watched the show as a kid, I still would have known what that looked like, and that would have been in my head, so I'm kind of glad I didn't watch this as a kid, because that's what where my brain would have gone immediately. I would have been like... That's, that's definitely where my brain went, watching it as a kid. But yeah. I'm also, like very distinctly not as directly impacted by that mm -hmm. as you so yeah 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 it's it just whoo 
never leaves the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Katara finds Haru, finds his dad. Um, who who is that voice actor with the velvet voice? I want to cast in everything. By the way, just side note. Ooh, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look him up while you're talking. Beautiful, beautiful voice. I kept noticing mm-hmm. that. Um, anyway, Katara tries to get her Saint Crispin's Day on. She tries to Henry Five these folks and get them to like rally and fight back and get out, but um, they're they're not responding to that, which is not what you expect. And I love that they did that. Um, it's again where Avatar does something very, very well, where they're presented with an obvious choice and they they go slightly off of that um, in response, which I really, I, I love when they do that. So then I'm trying to read my own notes. Bear with me. Um, <laughs> so then... Oh, right, right. Okay, so I said, okay, sometimes fossil fuels are good, actually, because um, Aang and and Sokka show up and they're like, okay, Katara, let's get out of here. And she says, no, I'm staying. I'm going to get all these people out of here. And they're like, bad plan, bad, bad, actually. (laughs) You can literally just walk through these bars and onto Appa and get out of here and you're staying. (laughs) Right. love it but so then they stay too because it's the gang and um they come up with this plan again the plans the plans with these children (laughs) and they they they're basically what happens is there's this this massive battle because they realize there's coal because okay i do have questions about the metal that was bothering me oh yes we will we will get to that good because i i (laughs) i was sitting there like can't they just anyway i don't speak science (laughs) but i know i I did some googling and i was like don't metal come from earth aren't they earthen so how does this anyway um so Angdo realizes that there is coal because there's smoke and he's like there's there's got to be coal on this ship on this rig mm-hmm. and uh my sweet sooty boy f- just sort of air bends the coal out of a chute and thus begins one of the coolest fights that I've seen yet where they're like punching with Cole and they're like mushing it together and they take George Takei out. They basically drown his ass, which is just delightful. They're just like, he's like, I can't swim. They're like, fuck you. And he, (laughs) (laughs) I can't swim. Good. Uh, (laughs) And, um, Rousing speech, uh, rousing speech energy is contagious, and Haru's dad kind of takes over that from uh, Katara, and they, he's like, we're gonna take the town back, and it's like, yeah, and then uh, Katara realizes she dropped her mom's necklace, and god damn it, Zuko's there. <laughs> so a lot to unpack in this one, a lot, a lot, a lot, so much. I think think let's okay let's get like a few of the smaller things I think out of the way first yeah and then we can talk about this like yeah 
larger, like, let's dive into Mm -hmm. how this show discusses fascism. Yeah. Uh, So first things first, uh, I did look up this actor. His name is Kevin Michael Richardson. Um, He is, he's done several voices on Family Guy. Oh, okay. Uh, He was on The Proud Family. He's on, like, honestly... If a cartoon exists... He's probably been on it. <laughs> he's been on it. Okay. Uh, I must have heard him somewhere because I was like... He rang a bell, but I couldn't I couldn't place him. Um, voices are, for many reasons, tricky for me. But, uh, mm-hmm. but his voice was so lovely. I want it him to read lovely. me stories. Oh my god, he was Trigon on Teen Titans. I haven't seen that. Oh, I know, dude. I know, I know. Okay, I know, I know that we already have. <laughs> we could do another track. And Legend of Korra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Teen Titans rules. Yeah. No joke. Uh, I, yeah. my method of flirting with Zach initially was <laughs> I invited him to come over and watch all of Teen Titans with me in my dorm room. Excellent. Um, oh, that's so And cute. I was like, this will make him fall in love with me. Um, and then he did. So it worked. It so, worked. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Teen Titans, for thank your you, marriage. Thank you, Teen Titans. <laughs> yeah, it's a great marriage, and I owe it all to Teen Titans. <laughs> yeah, no, he is, he is a wonderful voice actor, and I am shocked that I didn't just recognize his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, lovely voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he really stood out. Next thing is, let's talk a little bit about the science of earthbending okay. and coal. Please, that was driving. Okay, so I had a couple of things that I wrote. Um, one thing Please. I wrote yeah. was, um, so transmutation of minerals into metal can't bend. How science? Um, and then I wrote in all caps, but is it metal derived of earthen materials? And then I cut myself off because I said, okay, sometimes fossil fuels are good, actually. And then I <laughs> then I said, uh, it does seem like coal bending plus fire bending would equal danger for all, to be honest. Big boom type danger. Um, so, yeah, I, I have questions. <laughs> um, well, unfortunately, I can answer none of them. No! Damn it. <laughs> uh, it's very important that you're asking these questions. Okay. And I think that these questions will be relevant in the future. Is this like the time that I was like, oh, wait, can you airbend air out of someone's lungs and can you waterbend someone's blood and stuff like that? Is it like along those lines where it's like, oh, it's like a subset of bending and... Who knows? <sighs> you know, and it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> another thing that I think is interesting about this episode. Well, one thing that I think is interesting is that we have this dude, Har- Haru, mm-hmm. uh, but also on the Beastars track, one of the main characters is Haru. Haru. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is like a sexy little rabbit. Uh, yeah. Oh, I listen like... to the Beastars track. I love that. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> oh, I listen, to the, I listen to all every episode except for my own and it's torture. Uh, <laughs> good <laughs> happy 2020 uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing is Katara's necklace, I will mm-hmm. say, um, is very important. Oh. Like on one on one hand, it's like important for her as character, mm-hmm. but this is the first time we see it used as kind of a plot device. Okay. Um hmm. and I'll be very curious about your read on things for what happens with it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I want to bring up is is something. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> about something. You got this. There was a th- point there. I believe in you. Oh. So, you know that the live-action movie exists. Yeah, sadly, yeah. This episode specifically was adapted as part of the movie. Oh, no. Oh, no. And is often cited as, like, the (sighs) clearest depiction of why the movie was so horrible. I am not oh, going God. to show you this clip, uh, but I but... just want you to know in your heart that specifically that very cool fight. Oh, God. They did not do a good job. See, okay, that's infuriating because frankly, you're being handed on a silver fucking platter some great material to work with. I'm sitting here like, I don't Seriously. know shit about making movies. I bet I could do a decent job. I direct yes. plays. I could do that. But like, yeah. I, I, <clears throat> okay. That's infuriating because this uh-huh. episode really, really is very good shocking it's a good episode of avatar but it's really 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 good and and it does a lot of things really right and one of the things that they consistently do is they have creative fighting it is choreographed beautifully and you can see the unity in the nations um like people working together and they had that kind of like remember in wonder woman that like hey shield moment you remember that uh it was like that it was kind of cool um uh, that's just the, I, I just recently rewatched that with my friends, so Got that's it. in my head. Um, but there's like there's these. It was a cool thing to watch when you see like the Earthbenders fighting simultaneously in a very similar way and and working together and having these moments where they're really connecting. Um, the movie does all of that. Uh, well, it has well, a whole bunch so- of them working together. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to look it up. (laughs) You know, I'm going to look it up. I feel like for this one, because it's so bad, I I feel, (laughs) I feel like, I feel like it's okay. I'm going to give you a pass on this Part of me really wants to watch. I I normally am so good at like, I'm, I'm being so good and I have not looked at a damn thing. I'm so tempted now because I was so impressed with this fight. I, I I continue to be impressed with the choreography of this animation and of the way that they they put the fights together and the coordination of it. So to know that the live action when you had like, you know, humans who presumably are trained to do this, they fuck it up that bad, that's infuriating. And so much money. They had so much money at their Yeah, disposal. yeah. And they just, they did such a bad job. Uh, I will say that the movie only covers 
the first season. Okay. So we can watch it after we finish season one. I think we should. <laughs> I think we must. And I, I think that yes. I shan't be sober. Yeah, no, uh, same. No, same. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Mm. So with all of that small shit out of the way. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, fascism. Fascism. Yeah. A recurring theme on Empty the Cues. <laughs> I was just saying. Because, okay, fun fun fact. Um, on my way to work today, my, my car has a Bluetooth thingamajigger. And when I get in, sometimes if I if I don't have the uh, the sound system turned off, it'll just connect to my phone automatically and start playing whatever it was that was last on my phone. Last thing on my phone was you and David in the last <laughs> V-Stars episode. So the first thing I heard this morning when I got into my car was uh, was uh, y'all talking about Nazis. 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 Yep. Yeah, and uh, and then I saw that truck with the flag, and then I had the afternoon that I had because then I watched this episode, and then I had the afternoon I had. So it's been a whole day of fascism for me. It's been well, really great. yeah. So I'm in. I'm I'm ready. Let's talk about it. Yeah. <sighs> uh, I'm gonna give like little brief on like my experience watching this this episode growing up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like just because I think. I think that w- what they were pulling from here was very clear, um, especially not just in the like the lengths that they go to to imprison these people as securely yeah. as they do, yeah, but like even more specifically in the way that uh, that the general talks about breaking their spirit after that first Katara speech. Yeah. That was what registered, I think, most to me. And that was something that, like, again, even as a little kid, and even I think that we were, yeah, we were in the Bush administration when this came out. So, like, yeah, things were not great, but they weren't, like... This. They weren't this. Yeah. Uh, even still, like, I knew very clearly what it was trying to say. Um, yeah. And I really appreciated that. I think this was one of the first episodes as a little kid where I was like, oh, this show respects me. You yeah, like, it, it it does not take um, the easy way out to talk about this stuff. It makes it very right? clear and horrifying, which is so necessary because you're talking about fascism. You can't talk about nazis in a chill way you gotta you have to drive that shit home i'm so i'm taking a note for myself for something i want to touch on later um give me one quick second uh it was what you said about breaking the spirit um Mm. and well i'll just go ahead and say it actually instead of trying to write it down and then remember um when you mentioned that and because um her, they they mentioned that when the Fire Nation invaded, that they were outnumbered ten to one, and they fought anyway. And I immediately thought, ah, oh, yes, like the uprisings in, like, say, the Warsaw Ghetto, and you know, that's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. And just the occupied, yeah. There's uh, there's there's a lot in the, in this, and. Yeah, watching it as an adult. And so this here's a true thing about me. Um, that 
don't necessarily advertise because people look at me weird when I say this. Um, but I know a lot about the fucking Holocaust, not just because I'm Jewish, but because I've actually studied it extensively. Um, I've, I've very intentionally, I mean, since I was in high school, this is something I just sort of took upon myself, um, to learn about, uh, and I'm, I don't consider myself a particularly academic person, but if I were, this would be the area of my life in which I am very academic. Um, I don't think there's anything strange or surprising about that. Yeah. I think that it's, like, incredibly necessary. For, it is. It is. Um, but when when you, when people are like, you know, hey, what are you reading? And I'm like, oh, it's, uh, you know, this, this massive thing called the Holocaust Chronicles. And they're like, that's a little weird. Uh, you know, when you're, like, 19 and you're... <laughs> You're like lugging this massive book around. It's like, oh, it's a whole. It's about concentration camps. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? Um, (laughs) It's it's just. um, But there there was actually a time in my life when I was considering uh, majoring in uh, in genocide studies and going into that. uh, Like, I wanted to work in um, in some area of that. Like, maybe work in the historic. I don't don't really know what what even to call it. archive i suppose uh uh yeah. the education yeah. about it and just the preservation of of that um that is actually still something i maybe want to do i don't mm-hmm. know um especially maybe over the last four years i've maybe uh circled back to that a little bit um but yeah so this is something i know enough about that i feel like i can speak on it with some authority not just because of who I am culturally speaking uh and religiously speaking and I am fairly religious but um you know so I do have yeah academically and and yeah so watching this I had a great appreciation for it because it didn't shy away and it did it was not subtle and I think one thing that I get frustrated with sometimes is media that's like, oh, we're going to do a Nazi allegory, but they kind of wuss out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or they're like, it's sort of Nazis, but we don't want to say that. In this, it's like, they're fucking Nazis. <laughs> like, let's be real. This is, no- it's not subtle in the slightest. It's not subtle at all. At um... all. Which, thank you. Yeah, yeah, like, and that was something else, like, I think very specifically about this Mm -hmm. era of, of cartoons, like, even watching some of the, like, quote, unquote, like, big kid cartoons, like, Batman the Animated Series (gasps) and Justice League, which shows that I fucking love, but they often, like, get adjacent to what they're trying to say, you know, like, they, they really think about the censors and things like that they don't push it yeah they don't push it and yeah i really this is another case where i really think that if avatar hadn't done this Mm -hmm. and hadn't committed fully to that in the way that it does we wouldn't have things like like steven universe and like Mm -hmm. she-ra that are also Mm -hmm. tackling these things very very directly oh my god yeah i've just started watching she-ra um, oh, I'm, it rules! It's so good. It's I haven't, so good. I have not gotten very far, but I'm 
blown away by it. Like, it's so, on every level, it is so good. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so, and I have not watched Steven Universe, but I I, I, I want to. Um, but yeah, I'm loving She-Ra so far. And I've, I've sort of been spoiled for a lot of She-Ra, but like, I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, it is, it is really nice to see quote unquote, I'm going to say quote unquote, because it is children's media, but at the same time, we all benefit from it greatly. Um, to see, to see children's media, not only taking it seriously and not only teaching this lesson and teaching you about these events in a way you may not even realize if you're a, if you're a kid and you haven't really studied it yet you might not realize that's the lesson you're getting but i'll you know i i i keep thinking about like how many kids watched that before they learned about the holocaust in school before they learned about world war 2 and then went into class and they were like oh wait i know oh. this oh yeah. i understand this because this show that i really love taught me this already it's so important to consider what your what your show is doing and consider what you're presenting and don't wuss out fucking commit because when you do yeah you, you will create this generation that's going to understand these concepts way before they even realize it right like what is the point of art if not to do this and like Exactly. Yes, I understand that you have to do things in a certain way if you're doing them for yeah. children. Yeah, yeah. But this shows that you, you know, you can like you can yeah. easily say what you're trying to say because this is not really inappropriate, fictional and fantastical lens. It's yeah, not really that difficult. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, this is not inappropriate for children in any way, and yet you just taught them a a very big lesson about what concentration camps did to people and how uh how you know w- what occupation looks like and what um yeah <laughs> and what <laughs> yeah and 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 but i would show that to like a small kid and i wouldn't you know i'd be like it's a little scary when they fight but you should watch this and i wouldn't i wouldn't have no hesitation right you know and yeah, and it's so important yeah, I want to um I want to hear about your thoughts on like some of the individual moments. Um I know that you talked about, you know, we brought up the the breaking of the spirit, we brought up the the 10 yeah. to 1. Were there any other moments that like really registered for you? Uh yeah, the, there was a moment when um her father was like we're not trying to break out of here, we're just trying to survive. And that yeah. oh god. Yeah, if you listen to testimonies from you know, concentration camp survivors. Um, or even, you know, to go even less than that, just people, like, people who were able to get out before it got to that point for them. But what their life was like, it was just getting by. And, oh, you're making a face. Are you okay? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. My brain just did a wild thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you okay? Uh... <clears throat> yeah okay so george takei like mm, mm-hmm. i think fairly famously yeah was was in uh an internment camp an internment camp yeah. right uh and on this note of like trying to just survive mm-hmm. uh there is a musician kishibashi who i love 
uh, and he is uh, Japanese. And a few years ago, he was touring. We went and saw him. Incredible show. Um, but he talked about a, a film project he's doing. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I believe the film has been released. I have not seen it, but I have seen oh, moments okay. from it. Um, I don't know Kishibashi. That is about, oh, Kishibashi is good. I'll have to send you some of his music. He's just, he's like one of my favorite Please, musicians. yeah. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he, so he, he made this film about the ways people survived like emotionally Mm -hmm. in in quote-unquote internment camps uh yeah and it's wild that yeah this was the episode that george takei is in um and that he played and i'm sure like i'm sure that this was all like yeah he was very cognizant of this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I think that that's fascinating. I think it's fascinating that he played a villain. And, yeah. n- you know, not to, like, dissect his brain. I don't know him. And that's a kind of parasocial yeah. relationship I'm not into. Yeah. But I, I yeah. imagine that that might have been a cathartic thing for somebody to play. Especially yeah. because as a villain, he's, like, fairly cartoonish. Um, yeah and as of and very and scary but very much gets his in the end um yes exactly in a pretty satisfying way yeah that that um yeah. it was interesting i'm glad that you brought that up because i was gonna bring it up too uh i love oh, that yeah yeah because i was as soon as i heard him i was like is that george takei huh that's so interesting that as his character revealed i was like is that george takei playing a fucking uh, uh? interesting um but it does it 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 does kind of make sense and there are this is something else i've talked about with somebody there was um there was something i wanted to audition for a while back um and i was really interested in it but the character is a cop and then i was like i don't super want to do that but one of and i didn't end up auditioning but one thing that my friend brought up was she said you know but on the other hand if you auditioned and got the role at least it would be in the hands of someone who's like aware of this stuff and could you know could could play this role while not personally glorifying it and certainly and i was like that's actually true and that that's something that's just as an actor an interesting thing to think about of like when you're casting if you're casting someone to play like a villain or to play if not a cartoon villain to play these the characters like say you know cops or whatever um are you casting someone who's like this is the best this is these are the good guys or are you gonna cast someone who's like yeah there's some fucking problems here <laughs> and who can talk right, about that and is right. okay with talking about that um yeah and so that was that that i think is that i think ties into responsibility and casting that i think is a, an area of responsibility and casting that kind of gets overlooked we look at like let's cast appropriately for race gender you know that kind of thing but we don't necessarily and we and we we say things like oh we're gonna look for plenty of diversity but are we looking at casting people responsibly based on life experiences and beliefs and you know and it that delves into some tricky ethical territory of course of course but but i think it is something to consider and i think that is something we need to think about more often not diving into it is also ethically tricky. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, you see a lot of, you know, you see it a lot in, like, Hollywood where people get cast. It's these, 
in these clearly very morally gray areas, uh, these roles where it's like, if you could just acknowledge that you don't believe in glorifying this and that you're just playing a part, but you don't back this character up, you know, then that's good. Please do it. But so many, so many actors like want to just be like, yeah, it was fun to tap into that side. And they're, they're talking about how fun it was to play that role and to access that part of them. I'm like, you shouldn't enjoy accessing that. No, no, like stop. I have played yeah, like, horrifying characters. I've played a couple of awful oh, yeah, people. I'm, yeah. Horrifying. I, God, I will tell you, I could tell you, I actually I can't because it hasn't come out yet. I don't want to spoil uh, the show, but um, I don't know. My character on Great and Terrible says some shit. Uh, and I was like, oh, I got the script. But like, I'm very clearly someone who knows that that is just for a character and I certainly right. don't fucking agree, and I will make that real clear. Um, right. Whereas, you know, I think if if you're not looking at kind of who you're casting as a person, y- you could it could become a little muddy, and it could then look as though you're endorsing it if you're not careful. I know that's like a big old tangent off of, hey, George Takei played the bad guy, but you know, no, I think totally <laughs> it is something relevant. I feel really I, strongly about. I'm there with you. Yeah. It's, I feel very strongly about that. I kind of try to vet people a little bit before I work with them for that reason. Yep. Good. Yeah. Yeah. The moment when um, Haru's father was talking about just getting by was a big one. And then also, earlier in the episode, the moment when the man that they rescued betrayed them. That <gasps> Right. Oh. oh my God. That, I actually had to like pause it and take a moment because that was just so, that was very, that was really painful because yeah. I don't know, I don't know any marginalized person who has not kind of had that happen to them. Yep. On some level. And that, because, uh, I mean, haven't we all done something good for someone or been a good friend to somebody or taken care of someone and then had them do something horrible to us or express a hatred we didn't know that they had mm-hmm. in their hearts? And then we have to to live with knowing that we put love and care and energy into this person who then just threw it away because they don't like who we are. Mm-hmm. Or who's absolutely sympathize sympathize with people who hate us. I'm just thinking about a lot of family members who say they love me and voted a certain way. Yep. <sighs> yeah, thinking as somebody it's, who grew yeah. up uh, very queer in a very Mormon place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of like, uh, yeah. love the sin or hate the sin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, you know what? We have to talk about Katara. Can we, we please? Katara. Oh my god. My god. She this is the first episode where oh I think we where I think that they really telegraph the kind of char- of character that Katara <clears throat> is at her core. We've <clears throat> seen Katara soft and we've seen her loving and that's a very yeah. important part of who she is. She but is this formidable. Is who is formidable mm-hmm. and who is going to accomplish her goal and her goal yeah. is going to be 
helping to end this reign of fascism. Like, yeah. this is her being very directly she, an activist. She both impressed and kind of frightened me in this in a good way. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I was very impressed with her, with with the way that she really didn't hesitate for a second to do the right thing and to put herself, frankly, in harm's way. It's like when you see people who who will stand in front of protesters to protect them. It was yes. that that's very much her energy in this, where she's like, yes. I'm going to put myself on the line to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not even ha- she didn't have to think about it. She's just like, well, I'm just going to I'm going to go and I'm going to go get myself arrested and I'm going to get him out of there. And I was like, yeah, baby. Um, yeah. So it is and, a, uh, for sure a double edged sword. Uh, yeah. She absolutely did not think it through at uh, all and was not prepared. No, um, no. She is a baby. She's yes. a baby. <laughs> and um, yeah, but but she's smart. She's very smart. And she's be- so smart. She is. And she also, um, her capacity for empathy, I think, is probably going to hurt her. But I think it also... <laughs> <laughs> Did I get a plinky plinky? I think I got a plinky plinky. Um, but she... We'll <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that her capacity for empathy will be something that hurts her. But I think that ultimately it's such a good thing to have and she just from what very little I've seen. This could not maybe be true in the future, but one thing I know about people who have a great capacity for empathy is it causes them pain. It causes them to sometimes try to fix things when they haven't necessarily been asked to fix them. But it's that thing where you're like, something's wrong and you're hurting. I got to help. I have to help. Let me fix it. And that drives mm-hmm. people nuts. And it's a, it's a thing that I do without even really realizing I'm doing it. But it's like my first response is, well, let me fix it for you because you're something's wrong. Right. Let me fix it. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> it's just like, I just, yeah. And I think that she she maybe has that. Um that quality to her but so yeah empathy can be a thing that can cause pain but ultimately I think that it is so valuable because um and maybe this is maybe me this applying this to kind of American society where we are pretty individualistic and we don't um we don't necessarily think community first which is unfortunate. I was really yeah. very much raised to think about community. So it just in the past, j- frankly, just since this pandemic, I've been realizing how unusual that is. Because uh, yes. yeah. I've always kind of put community and other people first and kind of to a fault. And I'm not saying that to like brag. I'm just saying that because I'm confused. <laughs> um, yeah. By, no, I don't blame By the people you. who don't it's, do it's that. so... Yeah, it's it's so yeah. wild that we, yeah. I would say that we, like, glorify and celebrate doing the exact opposite. We glorify and celebrate individualism. Yeah. It's like our whole country's ethos. Yeah, it is. It's that American dream, so fuck whoever I step on to get there, um, which is not how it should be. Um, the dream should be to do well so you can help others do well and help mm-hmm. others to do well while you're helping yourself do well. Like... 
work together, help each other. It's not that fucking complicated. Um, but we turn it into this thing where like, I don't know, literally the, the phrase that I always use to describe, um, because I grew up in a pretty competitive world. I've been acting since I was five. I've been acting professionally Jeez, since I was wow. five. So I've been going on auditions and I have been competing for roles. And I, I was a prof- uh, like, yeah, doing that. I was also a, um, I was a competitive figure skater for a while. Not like in a, any big deal, but I still did like competitions and stuff. I was always taught clap for your competition. Clap for your competition was the thing my parents yes. always told me. Like you want to, if you if you win, you want it to be because you were the best and because you were kind to your competition. You weren't trying to make people mess up by being mean to them or or stepping on them or cheating or anything like that. You want to, you know, you genuinely want to not only win on merit, but you want to be able to still feel like a decent person when you leave. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. So like every audition I've ever gone on, every like callback I've ever been to, I, you know, I don't know. I'll chat with the other people and I'll be like, hey, do you want to run lines? Do you want to help each other out? And I'll be like, hey, good job when they get down. And I'm not doing that to be a good person. I'm just doing that because that feels natural to me. Um, right. And but, but if I were to say is like a good person thing to do. <laughs> but like if I were to say this on Twitter, people would be like virtue signaling. I'm like, fuck you yeah i oh because people can't fathom the idea of doing something good just because it's the good thing to do not be, i'm not right. trying to get anything out of it i'm just like trying right. to be nice because i like being nice <laughs> well it's more it's, it's a more so fun way to live your life like, being nice feels good actually yeah and it's like i don't even do it for that reason i just do it because nice is the I, I don't know it's like my fucking default setting and so i get confused by people for whom that is not the case um i don't uh-huh. understand them uh-huh. but i think i think one thing that i see in katara is that she very she's very community-based um yes absolutely. very community-based i'm curious to see if Sokka because Sokka doesn't quite he's kind of reluctantly community-based and i'm curious if he's ever gonna like flip a switch and kind of get there because i feel like he's there was not very much Sokka in this episode, so I didn't really get... A t- there wasn't even very much Aang in this episode. There was, it was really Katara-focused. Nope. This was a Katara episode, um, yeah. Which was really nice, because my girl. Um, but with Sokka, with just with them being siblings and raised in the same place by the same people, I'm very, very curious what... Um, because we've already seen tremendous growth from Sokka. And... I'm very curious whether he is going to end up being as community-minded as Katara in the future. I'm just staring at your face right now for clues. <laughs> it's actually, <laughs> I I haven't really ever thought about it. Um, hmm. So I am excited to have like a new perspective to put on the show now. Like, Oh, yeah. I, okay. I have tried, like, I've, I've thought about Sokka's uh, character development in other ways mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, he is my favorite. Um, yeah. And because I think that his development is super underrated. Super underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I That's... I'm, like, thinking about it now, and there he there's some interesting ways that he changes around this topic. Yeah. And it is it is kind of thinking about the, the main three right now. It's like, Aang is obviously very community-minded. Um, yes. That's like, I mean, like to the point where you're like, honey, you're here too. You can, 
You can think about you. It's okay. Like the closest there is an episode later oh. on that actually discusses this head on. Really? Oh, okay. Not because not specifically about Aang, but uh-huh. about being community minded. Interesting. Okay. Oh, I'm excited for that then, because that's yeah. just something I think about a lot, and it's like frequently yeah. on my mind. Because like Aang, the closest we've really seen to him ever being like. I don't want to say selfish because that's not he wasn't being selfish. He was just being like he was just like thinking about himself for once was when um, when uh, 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 I am blanking on the name the warriors. uh, Kyoshi. Kyoshi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did have it right. Okay. Yeah. When 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 that episode happened, when he was like just kind of having fun and, and being a silly 12 year old and and. That's like the closest, really, though, that we've come so far, because every other episode has him like, you know, oh, let me just roll back to this village and put myself in danger because other people might be. And and uh, let me just guilt the hell out of myself uh, because of all these bad things that are happening that really aren't my fault, but I'm going to feel bad about it anyway. And it's like mood, Aang. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh this this show has layers, Will. This show has <laughs> layers. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. This show is 20 minutes and we spend an hour and 20 talking about it every single time. Every time. It's but I could I could probably double that if you poked me cuz it's just Oh, same. I I've been blown away by this show. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at EmptyQsPod, and you can find our website at EmptyTheQs.wordpress.com. Um, and I'm like, really, I really, really, really want to talk about Teen Titans with them. So we'll see. I'm really hoping. I know that Caro and I already have to do Legend of Korra as well, but like, I really want to talk about Teen Titans too. So, uh, you know, actually, uh, if you want to hear us talk about Teen Titans, let us know and uh, help me convince them. Okay, bye.